Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. You ever have one of those nights? Last night, the dog woke us up, and I am paying the price for it. I didn't go back to sleep early, early, or late, and one or the other, depending upon how you look at it. Not complaining, just sharing. If I'm a little bit uh, slower <laughs> than normal on my thought processes, you'll have some frame of reference as to why. Welcome to the program. I'm your host, Todd Huff. You can email me your thoughts, questions, feedback. Yes, I'll even accept that adoration and praise. Todd at ToddHuffShow.com is the email. Um, we're on Facebook currently, YouTube, maybe again one day. Who knows? These jokers, none of them can be trusted. None of them want you to hear conservative principles and values. That's why I encourage you to listen to the podcast or listen to us on the radio um, or engage with us through our conservative, not bitter university. Talked a little bit about that last week. You can text, text CNBU, conservative, not bitter university, to 317-455-5250. And we're going to help uh, share some of the things that we've learned, which is how to be a more persuasive conservative, how to get people, which is ultimately at the core of everything that we're doing here, how to get people to accept and receive the truths of constitutional conservatism. So, good to be here. Thank you for joining us. Have you wondered, have you found yourself wondering why suddenly it matters where this coronavirus or how this coronavirus started? Remember about, a what, a year or so ago, uh, you were criticized, roundly mocked and ridiculed if you even asked the question or even wondered out loud if you wondered out loud where in the world or if it was possible, if it was possible that this virus came from a lab in Wuhan, which seems to be at least – look, I, I, anyone that didn't ask this question to me was not doing reality or truth any favors. Now, this is not a foregone conclusion. This is not a foregone conclusion. It's just a question. And, you know, the media should be the ones asking this question. They wouldn't do it when President Trump was president. No, 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 we can't do that because that would give someone besides Trump uh, the blame. And this – look, this isn't so much about – I mean it is about blame I guess. I mean we have literally seen havoc. We're still seeing havoc unreaked upon, unleashed upon this this world and our nation from – the people that have been infected and, and made sick, gravely ill, who have died. We have um, all the stuff that happened economically. We have all the money that the government has been giving away. We look at how businesses have been impacted, people still being told when and where they can, you know, basically who they can see, how long they can see them. The gig is up, though, and this is not going to work any longer. In fact, we were at 
family and I went to, <clears throat> excuse me, the 500, Indianapolis 500 over, over the weekend. And they had, there were literally people, I kid you not, that had shirts that printed on the back, of backs of the shirts that said mask ambassador, I believe is what it said. Mask ambassador sitting down at the front of, I think, each of the sections in the bleachers. And there were a ton of people. I've, I've been a few times in the past and I, again, I was in a different place. We had different seats than we had in, in previous years, but I kind of felt like it was near where attendance was in the past. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe that was just my section. I can tell you that that was uh, the case and that, you know, folks, I know that there were, the, again, the mask ambassadors down there holding up their little round signs uh, for people to, I guess, pay attention to and, and, you know, adhere to. But there were not many masks being worn, at least in, well, I would say in any one that I, that I saw there, um, there were just not a whole lot of, of masks being worn, <clears throat> not saying there shouldn't, shouldn't be. I'm just simply saying this is where we've gotten with, with COVID-19, right? It, it matters where this thing came from. It matters so that we know in the future, God forbid something like this happens again. We, we understand how this all came about, how this, how we got to the point to where we're talking about vaccine passports, and of course, all of the individuals who were uh, killed, infected by the virus, you know, it affects different people different ways and all this sort of stuff. I don't want to get in, but just you, you know what has happened here in the past year and a half. You couldn't ask the question at the beginning. You couldn't even wonder if this thing came from a lab. Now, they, they throw a term around, conspiracy theory. Now, Conspiracy theory has a definition. Conspiracy theory actually means something. You know, conspiracy theory implies or it means that that there's a group of people or that there's a theory, right? A theory that there's a group of people, more than one person, because conspiring requires at least the assistance of two people, right? One, It can't be one person. You don't conspire with yourself. So you have, you have people... The theory goes, this is what a conspiracy theory should be, a theory that people are getting together, governments are getting together, you know, businesses, powerful individuals, whatever, are getting together and concocting a plan and coming up with a, uh, some sort of a conspiracy to create a certain desired outcome. And so, but the term has been, people have focused on some of the, I guess, some of the cockamamie theories that people have with conspiracy theory. They focus on the theory part. And now if it's, there's not, not everything's a conspiracy theory, but it's, it carries such a powerful, uh, I guess a, a negative emotion. Oh, you're one of those people who have a conspiracy theory. No, I have questions just because somebody has questions about the origination, the origins of the coronavirus does not mean that they're engaging in actively creating conspiracy theories. That's not what that means. That's what the left wants you to think, at least when Donald Trump is in office. Donald Trump is in office. There's one person to blame for COVID-19, and that was none other 
than Donald J. Trump. That was at least what they wanted you to do because, hey, after all, there's an election. It was an election year. I know some of you have some theories about that in and of itself, but I think it's at least it's fair to say that they used Okay, I'm not saying COVID-19 is made up or fake or anything. What I am saying is that they use they use the events available to them for political purposes. This is what they do. They use the events for their political purposes. COVID-19 is a bad thing. COVID-19 has an impact on the health and wellness of Americans. It also has an impact on the economy. And they are happy to use that politically. I know it's sickening and it's disgusting, but there are people that absolutely are more than willing, more than willing to engage and to put these things to use. Politically speaking, it doesn't mean necessarily that this was created out of whole cloth. It simply means that there's different facets to this. Just like, for example, I remember this at one point. I think this got in trouble. I think you got in trouble for sharing this on Facebook. Maybe I'm wrong. I get there's so many things going on with Facebook and you get flagged for so many silly things. I could be mistaken, but I seem to recall, or it's possible anyway, that there was this infographic going around that said basically I'm all three of these things. I'm I think COVID nineteen is real. I'm concerned about what it does uh, to our liberty. And uh, I don't know what the third one was. I'm worried about the economic impact of COVID-19. These things are not you, – you can be – you can have concerns and, and, and see the interests in all those particular areas. I understand that we want to, for example, someone who, hold that, who held that or who currently holds that viewpoint would say, I understand that COVID-19 poses a health risk and we want to minimize that. But I also understand that the economy – um, can't completely be shut down. That's not how these things work. And by the way, we're still feeling the ramifications of that. Now, a lot of folks haven't felt it because they're not necessarily in the particular industry or the particular, you know, in a certain position in, in the business world to, to see it directly. But we've seen this in the form of labor shortages when it comes to restaurants and other, other companies that are having trouble paying or hiring employees. And why is that? Well, that's because the government stepped in and did uh, you know, over-the-top unemployment benefits for really, really long periods of time and gave out free money. That is an impact that is undeniable. That is, that is absolutely why one of the main factors that we're dealing with here, it's why Governor Holcomb, and I'm not necessarily the greatest fan of Governor Holcomb, but he's one of 22 or 23 governors, I think they're all Republicans, who have said enough. We're done with the federal um, additional unemployment benefit, the whatever that's called, the FUA or something. I don't even know what it's called, but the the federal unemployment benefit of now $300 a week. That's going to be done away with, I think, effective June 19th here in Indiana. Because businesses need to hire people, and businesses are having trouble hiring people because of the extra benefits of unemployment. The idea, whether you like it, disagree with it, hate it, whatever, was that the added unemployment was to help people get through this period of time with COVID when businesses were being shut down, when people didn't know how this virus was was spreading. People did not have access to a vaccine, whatever your thoughts on that are at the moment. I'm not getting into that. When people 
had not uh, built up their own immunity, which some say you still can't get immunity from having COVID-19 long-term, but there's now new studies suggesting, lo and behold, lo and behold, we've got this, uh, maybe, just maybe, we do have long-term immunity, I guess you could say, from COVID-19. Your body stores antibodies, or maybe the T-cells um, can fight it. They've they've been programmed to understand how to fight coronavirus in the future. But now there's certainly evidence to suggest that's at least a possibility. Again, these are things you're not supposed to question or, at, or talk about or ask. You, you may be in, in violation of some Facebook policy. In fact, when you if you watch this program on Facebook, you might see a little, I don't know, a little uh, apostrophe, or excuse me, exclamation point, exclamation point that says COVID-19, click here for facts, and it'll probably take you to Joe Biden's personal website or some such thing. That's where you're supposed to get COVID-19 or the Washington Post or some other liberal New York Times, that sort of thing. But there's no doubt that this has caused havoc on all sorts of elements of our society and business. There's all sorts of things that are happening. I've had... uh, some some friends who have shared with me some things that are happening with um, that they're being told it's happening with with shipping goods from from China and there's some some things there that we need to we may be talking about at some point I just don't know enough about it yet but you look at you look at all these facets you can't you have trouble getting automobiles right now because you can't get a certain uh, a chip certain semiconductors and so forth. The price of wood is outrageous. The price to build a house right now is outrageous because of the, the, the cost of goods has exploded. All these things are because of supply-side economic stuff that's been impacted by either directly by COVID-19 or more, more than likely the government's response to COVID-19. Now, some of these things I understand. I, I, I understand that the... People didn't know what was happening back in 2020, and they were being extra precautious, or extra cautious, I should say. Out of an abundance of caution, certain decisions were made and so forth. Okay. But we, folks, we are, we are past that. We know. But th- and the things we don't know, we don't know because we have not been allowed to ask the questions. And one of those questions, and i got to take a break here, but one of those questions pertains to pertains to the uh, where the, the, the virus originated. There it is. Timeout is necessary here. I got to take a timeout. We'll come back and I want to play a soundbite of Rand Paul on uh, Judge Pirro's show over the weekend talking about uh, really what it means, what this lab in Wuhan might have been doing possibly with COVID-19 or with coronavirus, I should say. Lots to get into today. Always busy when we start the week. Extra busy when it is a holiday week and we've been out for three days. So, timeout's in order. We'll come back and get into those things and more. You're listening here to Conservative Not Bitter Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute.
welcome back. Just took a nice sip of the, well, took a nice sip out of our patented, official, conservative, not bitter coffee mug here this morning. Really good stuff. <laughs> All right, so I want to share, I want to share, so Drew Holden, hat tip, tip of the hat to Drew Holden here on Twitter. Uh, Drew Holden is a freelance commentary writer. He is, uh, says X Hill. So he's, you know, used to be on the Hill. Now he's writing about things. But he he had a thread on Twitter that I want to, and I will get to the the soundbite from Rand Paul and uh, Judge Gene as well. But I want to share this with you because this is, he did a really good job here. He tweets about this, where this virus originated from. He tweets this out. Uh, This is actually a couple of weeks ago. The idea, he writes, that COVID-19 may have leaked from a a lab in Wuhan, China, has gained mainstream traction of late. It can be easy to forget that over a little over a year ago. The idea was derided as a vile, senseless conspiracy theory. Now, this is true, and he's going to demonstrate this. This is a long thread. I'm not going to go through all this, but I'm just going to give you a flavor. He says, let's revisit. And he has some screenshots here. He says, Senator Tom Cotton, that's a Republican from the state of Arkansas. He says, Senator Tom, uh, Tom Cotton took much of the initial heat for suggesting this as a possibility back in January. Here's what the New York Times had to say about his, quote, fringe theory that lacks, quote, evidence, or, quote, lacks evidence, and which, quote, scientists have dismissed. Apparently those concerns have been undismissed since, he writes. Here's the headline, New York Times. Senator Tom Cotton uh, repeats fringe theory of coronavirus origins. Then there's a tweet that accompanied the... Article It says, in an interview on Fox News, Senator Tom Cotton raised the unsubstantiated rumor that the new coronavirus originated in a high-security biochemical lab in China. The theory lacks evidence and has been dismissed by scientists. I love this, by the way. I, follow the science. Follow the science, right? That's what, that's what they want you to believe that they're doing. New York Times, Washington Post, NBC, all these other jokers, they want you to believe they're following the science. Biden out there dutifully following the science. Pete Buttigieg and the Transportation Department are out there following the science, even though um, we're not even by CDC guidelines. Um, Vaccinated people are not supposed to be wearing masks anymore. Pete Buttigieg defends, excuse me, Boot Edge Edge defends the wearing of masks on airplanes and on trains because, hey, we got to, I think it was show respect to the workers or some such thing. I, that, I don't know. Is that following the science? It doesn't sound like it to me. But they want you to think they're just dutifully following the science. And, and there's a reason for this. The reason is that they want you to believe that you and me and the rest of us dopes out here who are not experts in whatever field at the moment that they need to lean into to further their, well, government solves all your problems in life theory. They need to have experts that are pushing that notion forward. And you can't possibly know. You can't possibly know how, you know, the coronavirus 
uh, originated because you're not a scientist. That's not your level or your area of expertise. Now, someone out there might listen to my voice that might be your, your area of expertise. But if you're a Republican or a conservative, they don't consider that you have any expertise in anything besides conspiracy theories. So they bring these experts together. It's a technocracy. Bring experts together to tell us all sorts of things. In fact, I'm waiting for the day, and I, I think this day really might come. Now, it might it might come on some crazy network like MSNBC or maybe Vox or somewhere like this, um, but it, I think it's going to come where they're going to have someone on there who's an expert, and they're going to tell us how they've done some study and some research and that we really don't. It's really not in our best interest to be free. I'm waiting for this study to come out. And there's going to be some technocrat up there, some expert, telling us how freedom is really not in our best interest. This would not shock me. It truly wouldn't. And they'll have other panelists on there that are that are nodding in agreement. You know, you're right, professor so-and-so, doctor this, whatever. You're correct. Uh, we followed the science on this, and it's not in the best interest of humanity to be free, and we've studied this for years, and blah, 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 blah. There you go. Some government Biden program comes in to save the day, to take away our freedom and liberty, because some some um, study commissioned by some, probably George Soros somewhere along the way, it's been commissioned, and there we have it. It's fact. You can't argue with science, and there you go. But that's not at all what they did during this COVID-19 situation. They didn't even ask the questions because folks, I'm telling you, and you know this, you know this as well, but they were interested only in one thing when it came to the narrative of COVID-19, when it came to the optics of COVID-19. And that was simply that it's Trump's fault. It's Trump's fault. It was an election year. It had to be Trump's fault. Um, you remember they were however many people died from COVID. It was literally Trump murdered that many people. This was literally what some <laughs> news organizations that think that they're reputable, uh, reputable were out there saying. This is how they were behaving. They weren't looking into whether or not Senator Tom Cotton's questions had any validity to them. If there was anything there, Senator Tom Cotton, in some respects, was doing the job of the media. By asking the question, fringe theory. It's a fringe theory to believe that the communists in China, in a, who have a lab in Wuhan, who we know have done the sorts of things, we know the sorts of things that they're doing or have done in this lab. We don't necessarily know all the details, but it's not some stretch of the imagination to, to wonder, just to wonder Folks, we have to be able to ask questions. Asking a question is not the same as making an accusation. In fact, if you look at our entire criminal justice system, I mean, there are you sit on the stand and you're asked, well, if you're a witness or if you're the defendant and you decide to take the stand, you're asked questions. You don't have to sit up there and be berated by the prosecution. In fact, if your attorney's worth anything, he will or she will object and get the judge to stop that nonsense. But you have questions that you are asked and you can answer. A question is nothing more than someone desiring information. Is it possible? Why have we not asked this question 
Why have we not had this asked this question until until May? I mean, it, it looks as though it looks as though this I mean this is this is suspicious, is it not? Isn't it suspicious that we haven't had any interest whatsoever? We we have, but I mean the media, no interest whatsoever in this. Not until not until Biden's in office, Trump's out of office, not until um you know, the, the politics of this have, have, have played out, as sickening as that might be. Remember Rahm Emanuel. Rahm Emanuel himself said, he said this, never let a crisis go to waste. I'm telling you, this is how these, some of these sick politicians, they think. And now, just now, they're asking the question. Now, now we have to ask ourselves, what are they trying to, are, are, they, are they trying to uh, just get to the truth suddenly that seems a little bit fishy i mean it seems it seems to me it seems to me that they're never interested in the truth so there has to be some angle here maybe it's to get people to begin to relax over coronavirus when they can can say it was actually a leak it wasn't something that happened naturally so we'll go in and we'll make sure this doesn't happen again maybe they're trying to to squelch those fears they definitely don't want a bad economy going into 2022 Right, they're okay to have a bad economy in some instances where they can get some of their crazy government, you know, government sol- solves all problems ideas implemented. But it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to get votes when you're two years into this and the economy's worse than it was when Trump was was president. In fact, if you take COVID nineteen out of the mix. There's no way uh, to think that there was anything at all remotely wrong with the economy before uh, during Trump's term in, in the White House. Anyway, when we get back, I want to play this a little bit of this soundbite, this conversation between Rand Paul and, and Judge Gene on uh, on Fox, because what Rand Paul is saying, I think, explains in a little bit more detail some of the concerns and issues. Uh, concerning what Wuhan may, and I'm saying may, it's just a question, what they may have been doing there and why this may matter and why this may have may have caused um, a virus to spread around the world. It may not have, but it's certainly something we have to ask. It would be irresponsible not to ask this and not to look into this, no matter who the president is, by the way. Timeouts in order. Sit tight. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. I told you earlier at the top of the show that our dog... Got us up last night. Echo. Echo woke us up. I couldn't go back to sleep. You may have sleeping problems for other reasons. You may have husband or wife who maybe you snore, keeping your spouse awake, sometimes keeping partners, your husband and wife, from sleeping in the same the same room. Indie Dental Sleep as a sleep device that is an alternative to CPAP. It's not as cumbersome. CPAP's a solution for some folks, but this is 
for mild to moderate sleep apnea. It's covered by most medical insurance. Also have a cash option if you don't want to run that through or if you don't have insurance that covers this sort of thing. And you can go to IndieDentalSleep.com to schedule a free consultation. Just be sure to put our name there on the form or my name, Todd, Todd Huff, uh, on the form. And uh, when you submit that, and they will schedule a free consultation with you to see if this device could help. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be nice if you're suffering from this to not have to worry about waking your spouse up or sleeping in different rooms or any of that sort of stuff? If it's a a simple device designed to help mild to moderate sleep apnea, NDDentalSleep.com, schedule that free consultation and be sure to put our name there in the box as to where you heard about it. So I want to, I mentioned this earlier in the show as well. Um, Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul from the state of Kentucky on with Judge Jean Pirro on Fox News over the weekend. And she's asking him, she's asking him to define what gain of function means as it pertains to viruses and the study of viruses and so forth, things that are happening in these labs, what that really means. You may have heard this term, gain of function. You've heard Dr. Fauci even talk about this of late. None of this was mentioned. None of this was mentioned early on in the process. This was considered conspiracy theory, kook stuff. You were considered crazy, irrational if you even asked the question. I remember I remember sharing this with someone just simply simply saying, I'm not I said, I'm not convinced this didn't come out of a lab. And the person responded, Well, why would someone do that? And I'm like, well, I'm not suggesting they released it intentionally. Although if they did create it or did, you know, um, through their own research and work on this virus, create a scenario that made the virus more dangerous or deadly or more easily communicable or what have you. I mean, those are you have to ask the questions wherever they lead you. But it doesn't mean that just because it was released, it was intentional. Maybe it got out on a person. I mean, if you're making it more easy to spread, it shouldn't be surprising that it spreads easier, right? I mean, this is not rocket science to me. Anyway, so I want you to hear what Rand Paul says about this. I'm going to play a bit of this. I can't play the whole thing, but just listen to how he defines this and some of the troubling things that are going to come uh, come to mind or come just from listening to what he says here. Yeah, gain of function is basically when you have an animal virus that normally just infects animals and you somehow mutate it or force it to evolve so it can infect humans. So it's making it more transmissible to humans and oftentimes making it more dangerous or deadly in humans. I'll give you an example. In 2004, there was a virus, a coronavirus called SARS. It killed a bunch of people. It had a 15% mortality. In the Wuhan lab, they were studying this SARS virus, and they were putting new proteins on it to make it more infectious into humans. That's gain of function. That's dangerous. And that may be how this virus started. And so I'm very worried that this stuff still goes on and that the U.S. government's been funding it. All right. Well, we know that the U.S. government has been sending money to the World Health Organization, which appears to be run by China's puppet and, you know, is not totally open and initially lied about the fact that the virus could was transmissible between humans. 
So why is it that Joe Biden this week said he was going to stop the investigation into the origins of the Wuhan virus? What, why would he do that? Well, it's interesting. I think there's been a sea change in the last two or three weeks on this. A year ago, anybody who mentioned the possibility that this virus came out of the Wuhan lab were dismissed as crazy right-wing kooks, conspiracy right. theorists, et cetera. But now you have even MSNBC coming around. You have the left starting to wonder about it. And when I introduced my amendment to say we should quit funding this research in China, I ended up getting every Democrat on board. So I think they either know information or they suspect that the information is going to get stronger and stronger that this came from the lab. Last week's revelation that three workers in the Wuhan lab were sick with a COVID-like illness in November, well before the Chinese admit, this is a big deal. And so I think nobody's denying anymore the possibility. We don't know for certain, but we've got a lot of evidence pointing to this lab now. So suddenly it's a good thing to be looking into the origins of the coronavirus. Suddenly it's just possible, just maybe, just maybe this has come from um, the lab itself and we should look into this and people are thinking about uh, the politics of, of this now that, well, thinking about, I guess, the realities of this, they've been maybe held hostage by the politics of this because this had to be, again, Trump's fault prior to the election. Now they're trying to get to the bottom of this. It's interesting. Rand Paul says that. all the Dem No Democrats um, were against his amendment to cut funding to the lab until they know if it came from the lab, the, the, this, the testing and so forth that might have caused a leak and made this more – transmissible and all sorts of stuff. There's, these are questions at this point, questions. You should never be punished for asking a question, a legitimate question. There's no doubt in anyone's mind that if you look at this logically, that this these are questions that should be asked that we should pursue answers to. Now, will we get the answers? I don't know. They've not been forthcoming. We're going to have to get them. They're not going to just hand them over. Yeah, you know what? We did this, right? Just like I, I'm, I'm skeptical of these Democrats who suddenly – are in favor of Rand Paul's amendment. Um, these are the same folks that probably were, you know, talking about how many people Trump had murdered through, through COVID-19, which is simply not what happened. Again, not to say that everything was perfect. I, it's just the way that these narratives work. It's a dangerous thing. It truly is dangerous. Biden out there over the weekend talking about how democracy is at risk here in our own country. You know what makes democracy, quote-unquote democracy, you know we live in a constitutional republic, but democracy, the, the will of the people, the, the voice that we do have even through our constitutional republic, what makes it at risk is when people are not given the opportunity to hear truth. That's one of the things, when people have information hidden from them, when they're fed a narrative and a lie that fuels one side of the political argument and they're effectively blocked out from hearing the other side. Long in the segment. I'm long in the segment. I'm going to take a break. Listening here to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. By the way, America's realities are self-appointed. Back here in just a minute. play for you just a smidgen a little bit here of Biden speaking over 
Memorial Day weekend. I just want you to hear just a little bit of this. I can only take so much of it myself, but I did listen to some of this and wanted to share this with you. So here we go. Democracy is more than a form of government. It's a way of being. It's a way of seeing the world. What? Democracy means the rule of the people. The rule of the people. Not the rule of monarchs. Not the rule of the moneyed. Not the rule of the mighty. Literally, the rule of the people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The lives of billions from antiquity to our own hour have been shaped by the battle between aspirations of the many and the greed of the few, between people's right to self-determination and the self-seeking of the dictator, between dreams of democracy and appetites for autocracy, which we're seeing around the world. Our troops have fought this battle on fields around the world, but also the battle of our time. And the mission falls to each of us, each and every day. Democracy itself is in peril. Here we go. Here at home and around the world. Here at home. It's in peril. Now, I'll say this. I mean, and again, we live in a constitutional republic, but democracy or our system of government is always in, in peril. Reagan said brilliantly that freedom is always one generation away from extinction. Always. It is. It doesn't. It's not passed on through the genes to the to the next generation. We have to do something to make sure that it's passed on and preserved. But I'll tell you, the things that he's blaming as an assault on our freedom by and large are, are, are incorrect. The ideology of the left, the behavior of the media that those are the biggest threats that we face. Got to take a break. Back here in just a minute. Just have a little bit of time remaining here, and I just want to maybe go back to one of the places we started today, which is this thread. This, and I tweeted this out on Twitter. If you want to see it, Drew Holden was tweeted a couple weeks ago, where he's gone through and done the heavy lifting, heavy lifting here to show the hypocrisy. How the media a year ago was calling these, um, you know, anyone who was questioning whether or not the Wuhan lab was involved in the coronavirus. They were called kooks, conspiracy theorists, and so forth. It wasn't just the New York Times, CNN here. Uh, nearly 30% in the U.S. believe a coronavirus theory that's almost certainly not true now, of course. That's apparently almost at least certainly possible, but that was considered laughable. My favorite is Chris Saliza. Chris Saliza, I don't see how this guy, he's at CNN, how this guy can keep his job. I mean, I guess it's perfect for CNN. But this is what he wrote, or he was quoting someone as having said or done last year. Um, he said that one of his sources said, I think you can, at this point, draw a line through it and say that it didn't happen. That would be, of course, the lab leaking the coronavirus. These folks can be so wrong. There's no consequence, of course. But anyway, got to go. Thanks for listening. SDG. See you tomorrow. Take care. 